theyeshiva.net. Started on Hanukkah, a mimer of the Balatanya in Tayyar, which begins Rani Vasimchi Basian Kihini Niba, Vishakanti Besaikh Nu Mashem, which is on page uh, seventy-two, we're holding page seventy-four. I'm just gonna give a brief review of the Toichen that we learned till now and then we'll continue Bezer Hashem inside Vaita. The Pasik begins, it was the Haftar of Shabbos, Shabbos Hanukkah. Rani Vesimchi Basian, the daughter of Tzion, you should sing and you should rejoice, you should celebrate, because I'm coming and dwelling among you. And he wanted to know what's the connection between that and Hanukkah, it's only the connection between Hanukkah starts in the next, next chapter in the Novi and Scharia. why is this said in the Haftarah? So he goes off to start discussing the Pasuk and Tehillim, we say every morning in Mizmah Lasayda after Baruch Shammah, Tehillim chapter 100, Tehillim Mizmah Kuf, Ivdu es Hashem besimcha, at first glance, it seems more or less of a redundancy. Serve Hashem with joy and come before Him with song, with renana, with, with music, with singing. The Zayar clarifies and makes sure that we understand that it's not the same idea. Zayar says, Simcha is in the morning and renana is at night. Simcha b'tzafra, renana b'ramsa. Tzafra means morning and ramsa means night. What is the idea? So he says, for this you have to understand the difference between Rani and Simchi. Between Boyu Lefon of Birnana versus Ivdu as Hashem B'Simchi. And the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, explained that Rinana and Simchi represent two separate models and two separate experiences in Avodah Hashem. The Avodah of the Malachim and really the entire cosmos, we have the Perik Shira, everyone sings. All the animals, all the behemoths, even insects. Plants, flowers, trees, the whole world sings. Everybody sings. The Malachim don't stop singing the whole time. And he says, what does singing come from? Singing always comes from a yearning. When a person has a yearning, and the yearning is very intense, the yearning comes out through music. All music represents yearning, aspiration, pining. Lechzen, in Yiddish it's called Lechzen. I desire something, I yearn for something. I have a very profound, I have a very profound craving for something. It comes out in song. And he says, the Malachim and really the entire world, they yearn to be included in the Ein Saif. They, they yearn to be submerged in the infinite truth of Hashem. All their life they feel this, and it's non-stop. They don't have any other desires. We have other desires that distract us. I can't say my only desire in life is to be one with God. To have dveikus in Hashem every moment. I have other desires also. We have other desires. The animals and malachim don't have other desires. This is their only uh, desire. They also don't have any other avoid electoral mitzvahs. They don't have to make the world a better place. They don't have to sanctify the world. They don't have these headaches that Jews have. They don't have an issue of what they like calling tikkun olam. What we say in Aleinu, better. L'sakin oilam. But malchus shin yud, which is where the expression tikkun olam came from. They just took out the last two words, but malchus shin yud, for obvious reasons. So uh, the Malachim don't have this other Avoida, so therefore they can get away with singing all day. Malach, so you also get away with it. They can just get away. <laughs> they can just get away with singing all day. That's it. They don't have any other Avoida. 
That's a good question. It's one of our virtual, uh, one of our virtual participants wants I should define a malach in a way that makes sense. There was once a woman who told her friend that uh, my wife is my my husband is mamash a malach. So the other one started to cry, and she said, "I know what you mean. Mine is also not a mensch." <laughs> so when you say malach, when you <laughs> When you say malach, it's hard to know, you know, what do you mean by a malach? Uh, generally speaking, the term malach is not a malach like, you know, we would, I guess, describe in our imagination or in children's books. Somebody that has, uh, you know, a winged white creature that flies around, uh, that flies into windows and eats up the shirayim of Shabbos. There are such types of malachim too, don't get me wrong. But it's, they probably don't sing all day. They do other things. A malach really, I think, is an embodiment of an emotion. A malach, we call it a malach. We, we like to give things corporal descriptions. But a malach essentially is... Every, imagine every emotion of yours is a person. It's hard to imagine. But imagine every emotion that you have actually becomes a whole person. Emotion has a brain and a whole structure, a whole a whole reality. That's really what a malach is. A malach is an embodiment of an emotion, and the emotion is a very real reality. It's an emotional energy. It says malach mechal is ahava, malach malach gavriel is gvura. It's actually an embodiment of a of of, of, of an emotion. An emotion is a reality. It's hard to imagine it that way, although some people feel it this way in a very, like, an emotion. We say every mitzvah creates a malach. Every aveda creates a malach. What does it mean, every mitzvah creates a malach? What it means is, every person, the way they live their life, they create an energy around them. And every person has a halo. What is it called, a halo? Mm -hmm. Like a a light around them. An An aura, yeah. An aura, yeah. It says that when Yaakov came into to, to, to Yitzchak to get the brachas, right? So Yitzchak smelt nichnasimoy ganeden. What does it mean? It means ganeden and gehenim are not created in Olam Haba. They're created in Olam Haza. When a person lives a certain way, they're already in gehenim. Gehenim around, they, they create their own gehenim. They create a certain energy. They create certain angels. Sometimes you can have malachi chabola. Sometimes you can have malachi noyam. There's an expression, malachim of sweetness or malachim of terror. So it's really an emotion. It's, it's, it's a serious emotion that assumes an identity. So uh, malachim don't operate in the realm that we operate with a physical world. So therefore they could sing. And the singing is always an expression of yearning. Always this yearning for dveikas. That's what Renan is. But he says, nonetheless, this is external. Why is it external? Chitzenius. Because when somebody is with the king in his own chamber, embracing him in an intimate moment, you don't sing about the king. When I sing about you, when I talk about you, it's because there's a distance, and I'm trying to overcome the distance. When you leave the presence of the king, you stall the king. You talk about your relationship. When you're in the midst of a relationship, you don't feel the relationship. You don't talk about a relationship when you're in a relationship. You talk about a relationship when you're outside of a relationship. If you're in a relationship and you start talking about the relationship, it means you're not in the relationship. You're taking a video of the relationship. You're not there. When you're in something, you don't talk about it. You experience it. 
So therefore, he says, the very concept of renona already represents that there's a distance, there's a void, there's a darkness, there's a craving, there's a yearning, there's a gulf that I'm trying to leap over, trying to jump over. That's what renona always represents. Now, this doesn't mean that he's not machining up, he's not being mevatel renona. Relative to what he's going to talk about, a deeper, intimate experience, it's called chitzonius, it's called external. But external here doesn't mean external, superficial, or worthless, or meaningless. Chitzonius here means legabe, truth, legabe primius, it's a level, it's a level of chitzonius. And for this, Barichus, he explains at length, the whole concept of zecher rav tufcha yabiyu, you remember? V'tzitkoscha yiraneinu. It's tzitkoscha that causes rinana. Because essentially what he's trying to do is find in Tanakh where the word Renona is used and associated with this theme. So for this you have to know all the places where Renona is used. So in Asher we have Zecher, Zecher, Avtuv, Chiyabiyu, V'tzitkoscha, Yiraneinu. Tzitkoscha is what creates Renona. What is Tzitkoscha? So he brings from the Zoyar that Tzedek is Malchusa Kadisha, just as Dina the Malchusa Dina represents Malchus. And Malchus is what creates Renona. What is Malchus? Malchus and Teres HaNister and Teres HaKabola and Teres HaChasidus represents the M.O., the, the, the fuel that fuels creation. In Ashrei we say, Malchuscha, Malchus kol oilomim umem shaltercha bechol dor vador. So as Dr. Michelle mentioned last night, we have just in this mimer three interpretations. Interpretation number one is that your Malchus extends through all the worlds. You have a king who's a king over one country. You have a king who's a king over one company. And you have a king who's a king over one family. And then you have a king who's a king over Kolay Lama. That's literal pshat. A deeper pshat is, Malchus Chamalchus Kolaylam. It's only your Malchus that allows there to be worlds. And it's only your Memshala that allows there to be generations, which is space and time. Because space and time represent finiteness, and the question is, how does infinity communicate finiteness? How does finiteness emerge from infinity? How can something finite really be infinite and yet remain finite? That's the paradox of existence. Are we finite or are we infinite? Are we separate or are we divine? Who are we? And why is it that if we're really divine, we feel so separate and disconnected? The answer is always malchus. Malchus means leadership. And for a melech to be a melech, he first has to always acknowledge otherness. So there's no way Hashem could become a melech if he does not create space for otherness. There's only one problem. Infinity excludes otherness. If something is infinite, it excludes otherness. Because if something is limitless... That means there's no reality that is devoid of it. If there's no reality that's devoid of it, there can't be somebody outside of me. Right? Which, of course, psychologically would create narcissism. If you really believe you're infinite, that means there's nobody who exists outside of you. And if there's nobody who exists outside of you, so then really nobody can exist but you. So they say if you want to drown a narcissist, you put mirrors on the bottom of an ocean. <laughs> because if the whole world is a mirror, it means there's nothing outside of me. It was a Yid who once came to the Tzamech Tzedek and he said that everyone talks about him in Shul. He says, whenever he walks into Shul, they step on me everywhere in Shul. You know, people walk into a, to a, a chasen or Shul, they, there's conversations, and they assume that uh, they're talking about that. So he says, everybody in Shul steps on me. So he says, is 
Your problem is you extend yourself everywhere. So wherever anybody steps, it's on you. If you would have one place that you would call your own, then nobody would step there on you. Of course, what he was saying is that if you have no space you call your own, then you need every space to be called your own. Because if you have no space that you can call your own, then every space has to become yours because there's nowhere that you actually exist. I have to be there, I have to be there. If there's a conversation between two people, somehow I have to be part of the conversation and if not, I question my very existence. So, so when a human being starts experiencing this, you're dealing with a very serious situation of narcissism which can be extremely destructive and very dangerous. Like everything in Klippa, it has a Shayush and Kedusha. The Shayush and Kedusha is that the Bleak Vul of Elikos doesn't allow for existence. So there has to be Midas HaMalchus. Midas HaMalchus is the Midah in which God says, I want a relationship. You want a relationship, you need somebody outside of you. You can't have a relationship with yourself. You can't have a relationship with yourself. It's not called a relationship. You can't be married to yourself. So therefore, Malchus necessitates otherness, Otherness necessitates an experience of self outside of God. An experience of self outside of God means you experience yourself as finite, not as infinite. In Sitkascha the Kibiranenu. That's where the Kibirinana, which is overcoming the gulf of finiteness to bridge into the infinity, and that's the song that Malchus creates, and that's what the Zoyar means that Renana is always at night. Music is always created by a void. Music is always created by darkness, and that's why the greatest musicians are usually dark people. That's a Ha'ara Ba'am. Bechlam, musicians that don't experience darkness, usually it's not worth listening to their music. We discuss in Simpson, like Hashem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's associated with Simpson. And that's why, what do the Malachim say? Mesharis of Shalom Zelazah, Ayeh Mekayim Kvayda. Ayeh. They're looking for the place. That is the concept of the darkness, Ramsa which creates Yiraneinu, and that's why this boyud that says in Yeshaya, Nafshi Ivisicha, Balayla. You're my soul, and therefore I crave you. And when do I crave you? I crave you in the night, because there's something I want to leave. I want to go out of my status quo. I want to extricate myself from my comfort zone. There's something disturbing, there's something unsettling that I'm yearning for, that I'm craving for. Like in every niggin, a niggin itself has, has both. If a person always lives in a state of yearning, they also can't survive. You have to make peace. If you're always unhappy, if you're always discontent, you become an erotic. That's why he always speaks about ratzi and shuv, right? What did you call it yesterday? The original ratzi and shuv. Existential, Existential tension. tension. And then you have to resolve it. That's why every niggin, as he says, there's a niggin of simcha, there's a niggin of miriz, but really every niggin has both. Every niggin, a real niggin has rotsui, and a real niggin has shuv. Every niggin. There's a moment in the niggin where you're unsettled, where you're perturbed, where you're yearning for something, and that pays tribute to the angst in the person, the pain in the person. And then a real niggin also has shuv, which is return, resolution, to create peace, which only creates a deeper tension. In a real movement of life, the shuv is always higher than the previous rotsui, and therefore the Ratzoi challenges the previous Shuv, and the next Shuv is higher than the previous Ratzoi. Because what allows you to settle angst has to come from a place that's deeper than the angst. If not, you can't settle it. In other words, the Shuv that answers the Ratzoi has to come from a place that's deeper than the Ratzoi, and therefore could say, despite everything, you could make peace with yourself. And then the Ratzoi on that challenges that as well. 
So it's a constant, it's never-ending song. The song never, never ends. Right? So any real niggin, any profound niggin has always ratzoi and shuv emes. Every good niggin, there's tension, and then there's resolution. The question is, what comes first? Some nigunim start like this, some nigunim start like this. Any niggin, but it has to be a real niggin, a niggin that was composed by a person with... with with, in with, music, with that. they talk about this. In yes. music, they call something a cadence. A cadence in a song is when you can when you can rest, when you reach that point in classical music in particular, when you get that yearning sense and then it settles in. There's a show. they call the cadence is when the period, they right. resolve the period. You, resol- you, resolve, you resolve the problem, which then only gives room for new problems. I'll just give you one example with an actual song that speaks about a song. It's a song that speaks about a song. In Shir HaKover, that they say in many Kehillas, everybody knows, there's Anim Zmiriz V'Shirim Eroik, Ki Yelecha Nafshi Sarig, Nafshi Chamda B'Tzel Yedecha Ladas Kol Here it's with lyrics. Sometimes it's without lyrics. Without lyrics, it's even deeper. But with lyrics, you can also see it. So it's a niggin about a niggin. Anim Zmiriz V'Shirim Eroik, Ki Yelecha Nafshi Sarig. So there's a niggin that was composed or taught by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, you probably know it, you know the niggin. So listen to the niggin, and you'll hear right away the two tenuis. And you'll see any real niggin has this. Okay? It starts with rotsui, it starts with angst, with renana, with a void, but then there's resolution, and then it only leads to a new, a new rotsui. Even just the key. The second stanza is Nafshi Chomedo Betzel Yodecho Lodas Koros Hoidecho You see, this is the Shuv. What is it? So when he taught the Nigin, once in Chastaydi, he taught this Nigin publicly, he explained the Nigin. He says, the first Nigin, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a Yid, who, Metzoyim uh, Kippur, everyone goes home to eat. And it says in Shulchan Aruch that the day after Yom Kippur, it's an Indian to come early to Shul. Noyagin lahashkim lispalo to David Shachris early Yom Kippur. I mean the day after Yom Kippur. So he said it was on to Shul. They came early Yom Kippur to Davin, and there was somebody on the bim, and he was still in his kittel and talis, and he was singing this nigan Anim Zmiris. Because the intimacy during the Illa was so powerful to him, he couldn't detach himself to go home with Yom Kippur. He wanted to remain in that state of Eilecha Nafshi we all know, some of us have a tinge, it doesn't last for too long, and that is that when Yom Kippur finishes, the end of Ne'ila, and everyone rushes into Vuhurachim, there's a certain sense of, uh, I don't know if it's disappointment, but people who are very spiritually sensitive, despite the hunger, don't want it to end. There's a special experience, a relationship by Ne'ila, you don't want it to end. Baruch Hashem, our appetite uh, usually gets the better of us, and... Uh, we, we don't stay in shul that long, despite the Elech and Afshi Sarek. Somehow we make peace with, uh, with, the food that's waiting, uh, with the food that's waiting at home. But you see, I once heard from the Rebbe, he said, why is it that Yid Metzoyim Kippur, they rush for Maidav. You ever saw the Maidav Metzoyim Kippur? 
It's on fire. So he says the real. Re- they think it's because they're eating. He says the real reason is because the eshta mitzvah nachim kippur. The first mitzvah after yom kippur is ma'idav. <laughs> the first mitzvah after, and you connect to God through a mitzvah more more than through uh, just emotions. So the first mitzvah after yom kippur is ma'idav. That's why Jews rush and then into ma'idav. So you can think it's as our limit but the emphasis is it's articulating a deeper dimension of the self because things have different levels of motivations. So they found this yid singing Anam's Midas, which was after Yim Kippur, he didn't want to go away from Yim Kippur. That was the Rinona. He knew when you go away from Yim Kippur, it's a whole different experience. So there was a yearning that Yim Kippur should remain with him. Lepoyel, there's another avoid, the avoid of Sukkot. Sukkot is different avoid. Sukkot is on Shachem al you got to go down. Yim Kippur, you go up. Rishon Yim Kippur, you go up. Sukkot Simchastoyde, you got to go down. And then Cheshven, you go... You try, whatever is a whole other avoid of the chayil, but the nekuda here is that the renona of a nigan always comes with a certain darkness, always comes with a certain void, and that's why it says boyu lefun of bernana. You have to step in, you have to come in, you have to enter because you're leaving your own space. Then there's a second avoid. What's the second avoid? Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. Ivdu es Hashem besimcha is not boyu lefun of bernana. This is the other way around. And that is that Neshama Yisrael have a separate avoid. The simcha means whenever the internal secrets come out, there's simcha. So simcha comes whenever the Ein Soif comes into this world, comes into your life, you're besimcha. All simcha comes from the fact that there's a certain revelation of an internal truth or an internal joy or an internal reality that comes into your life in a revealed way. That's what creates joy. And that's why when people are joyous, they're much more open. When people are joyous, their pnimius comes out. Things that they usually will conceal comes out. What is that? He says that is that Hashem allows an Hashem to experience Him, which the Malachim wanted Torah should stay in heaven. But it didn't stay in heaven. It came into earth. That's v'hoyu advarim asher anoichi mitzavcha. Anoichi misha anoichi. Beyond names. A name represents what? A glimmer of the self. When I speak about people's names, it's never about them. I know you by your name means I only know you by your reputation. I don't know you. Baruch shame kvoid malchus And that's why this vahafta sashama lukach. Vahoyu advarim eila shanoichimitzavchayayim. The first part of Krishna is renona. But then there's the simcha. The, these words of Tayyidah Mitzvah capture me. How can they capture me? So this he gave his biggest side, and that is that to define God as spiritual is as idolatrous as to define God as physical. In Halal we say, the Goyim say, God is big, He's exalted, He's heavenly. And the Jews respond, you know nothing about God. He is beyond being beyond. He is beyond being beyond. Don't turn Him into something that's exalted. Because infinity is really infinite, so therefore Hamashpili leaders Bashamayamabaras. He could come down to heaven just like he can come down to earth. Earth and heaven become absolutely one. Lagabi the true Ain Soif. Ruchnius is not closer to the Ain Soif than Gashmius is to the Ain Soif. The question is what gash what type of Gashmius it is and what type of Ruchnius it is. And that's why Tayra Mitzvahs are physical, but they capture the Anoichi because 
he is completely beyond Ruchnis and Gashmis, so and and this is the Ivduas Hashem Simcha, but it can only happen if this first boil of fun of Bernon, as the Gemara says, darkness comes before light, and that is, if there's no yearning, the answer to the yearning doesn't mean anything. I can give you all the answers in the world. If you don't have the question, the question with doesn't the answer doesn't mean anything if you don't have the question. You could be sitting at the most brilliant answer in the world, but if you don't have a question, it doesn't mean anything. So without the Renana, the Ivduas Hashem Simcha is not a conscious experience because there's no void that the person is trying to overcome. It's clear, yeah? This was a summation of Seif Aleph, of the first section of the mind. The Kitzer. And then, no, there's a lot of pratim in each nekudah, it's the kids. Then from here he says, let's understand what Rani Vesimchi Bastziyan is. What's Rani Vesimchi Bastziyan? So for this, he says, you have to understand what Tziyan is. It says, Yim Hashem la'olam alakayich Tziyan l'dar v'dar halaluk. What's the kind, where does Tziyan come in here? Yim Hashem la'olam l'dar v'dar. That the Yim Hashem la'olam happens somehow through Tziyan. What's the concept of Tziyan? See, the Tzian really represents the whole structure of Torah and Mitzvahs the way we experience it. Nasa Adam B'Tzalmenu Kidmuseinu. We say we're created in Hashem's image. Hashem doesn't have an image. So the Pshat is, it says in Zoyer, that His image are Ramach Evorim the Malka. The 248 Mitzvahs are 248 organs of the King, which means Mitzvahs is really a spiritual organism. This means that there's a way of understanding Torah and Mitzvahs as a spiritual system. And it's all intricate, just like in a body. There's no limb that's not interwoven with another limb. There's no mitzvah that's not interwoven with another mitzvah. And today we know how deep that is in the DNA. Every single cell has a copy of every single other cell. In other words, every cell has the entire genome, the entire DNA code of the entire organism. That means theoretically, from one soul you can reconstruct an entire body. In each soul you have the whole nekudah. Because the entire organism... You have probably 50 trillion cells in your body, 50 trillion cells, and each cell is kolol, it has in it every other cell. That's how the Rakat Shavar explains, the Gemara says in Masech Tesukah, Masech Chavav, Ha'isek b'mitzvah, potem in a mitzvah. If you're involved in one mitzvah, you're exempt from other mitzvahs. I'll be pshat, why? Pshat, is machlekes or yishayim, between Taisus and the Ritva, if it's a p'tur, or it's not a p'tur, if it's a gadget of a p'tur, since you're busy with one mitzvah, we exempt you from another mitzvah. Or no, it's like you're doing the other mitzvah. So the Rekha Chavah says, the vart is, that there's an akud in mitzvahs, where every mitzvah really is every other mitzvah. So a isik, a mitzvah, patah, and a mitzvah, because you're doing the other mitzvah. It's not that you're not doing because you're doing the other mitzvah. If you look at mitzvahs, as Ramach, Evarim, the Malka, from any cell in the body, you have the whole body, you have the whole organism. In every mitzvah, you have really every other nekudah of mitzvah. The same is true in Gemara, in Halacha. The Gemara brings, not a Gemara, to say Seft in Sanhedrin, or Brais in Sanhedrin, Pei The Brais brings over there a very interesting question of there's a Rebbe giving a shir. And two people have a Shiloh. One asks Le'inyin, and one asks Shaloi Le'inyin. You always have, right, people who ask Le'inyin, and then people that remind them of their Shvigar's cat. And they start asking a Shiloh. So, so he says, so you, so you speak to the person who's asking about the Inyan. Chachamim say it's not true. The whole Torah is one Inyan. That's the whole Torah is one Inyan. In other words, you're learning Masechta Rish Hashanah, Masechta Beitz, and suddenly someone starts asking a question of Menachas, of Chul, and it's Mamish Shmita Varsina. 
we're off subject. There's no such a thing off subject. Now, at first glance, it doesn't make sense. Every sukkah has its own mysis. That's only when you see it externally. When you get to the underlying structure of it, there's a divine energy that is represented in every sugi, in every halachan, in every mitzvah. And therefore, every mitzvah is every other mitzvah. Of course, you have gedorim, you have zmanim, you have times, you have sugis. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Ki Rabbi is learning one mesech, don't start veying him a cup from another mesech, that could be embarrassing. But that's because people are limited. But the nekuda of Torah is always inyan echad. Because it's really the tselem of Hashem. It's the image of God. But our Torah mitzvahs, we experience a technical mitzvah. We experience a technical Allah. That's why it's called tziyan. What's tziyan? Tziyan means, you remember? A marker, a monument. When you have a tziyan, you say, here, tziyan amitsuyanas. This is a marker. You should know that in this physical mitzvah, there's infinite energy of Ein Saif. In this halach, in this sugi, in this toisvis, in this rashi, in this poslik, in this perik mishnayis, this is a tziyan. It's a tziyan for infinite energy. You have to dig, you have to excavate, you have to learn, you have to explore. But it's a tziyan. So he speaks about, you put on a talus, you put on tzitzis, talus represents or makif. Tzitzis represents hears or pnimi. Talus represents an energy that hovers over you. That's why a talus doesn't have to be mamash your size. It hovers over you. Tzitzis represents individual strands. It's an internalized energy. Right? It's a different Indian. Armakif represents an infinite energy, so it envelops you completely. You don't say the talus on your shoulder is a different size than the talus on your waist. It's one baghead that doesn't even have to fit you completely because it envelops you. Tzitzis represents an individual strand. So here you have two physical dimensions of a mitzvah, but they represent two energies. It's one of the reasons why in Minig Ashkenazim and many Minhagim you put on a talus only after you get married. Because marriage is what allows you to experience an Ur Makif, as we learned in the Maimer, Kates of Merakt and Lifna Akala, while you pick up a Kala and a Chasen during the wedding. Okay, that's a Derechag of Dikavart, but the point is that even the individual details of a mitzvah are at sea and they represent something. And through the Torah and mitzvahs gashmias, you can't skip them over and say, I just have this source. They are the transition. They are what allows the infinite energy to come into a physical world. That's why this birches ha-mitzvahs, boruch Hashem, eleikeinu melech because the chazal wanted to make you aware of what you're doing. Boruch comes from the word ha-mavrich es ha-gefen. What's mavrich? Mavrich means you graft the vine, you take the tree, you take one of the branches, you put it in the earth, and a new tree emerges. Baruch Hashem min ha'olam va'ada'olam. And that was Yosef Savoida va'yikru lefanov avreich. Yosef was called an avreich. He was the master of integration, of bringing forth the highest realities within the lowest realities. That's the birches, that's the birches ha'mitzvahs. And that's why... Torah, we say, that for Hashem to come in and in space and time, it happens through Tzion. Why does it happen through Tzion? Because it's through the mitzvahs and the Torah Gashmias that the Ruchnias translates from Ruchnias to Gashmias and they become the source for time and space. That's the concept of Birchus HaMitzvah's Baruch HaTahashem. So this is what Siyon represents. We still have to understand what Bas Siyon is, but this is what Siyon represents. 
Okay, so now let's go further. We'll go inside further. It's clear. Any questions? Okay, so let's go right. Page 74, the line starts, Kishayesh Isarusa de Lusata. It's probably, I don't know, 15 lines from the top. Kishayesh Isarusa de Lusata. Huh? 19 lines from the top. Okay. So we'll cover the Yat Kislev. I just want to say one thing for those especially who are here for the first time. Just one minute, I want to tell you something. There's two types of learning chesedus. One is what you're used to, and that's called vertlach, shalashudas vertlach. A cute word from the Svasemes, a nice word from the Dusha Slevi, an inspiring word from the Noyam Elimelech, from the Be'er Mayim Chayim, from the Ur HaMeir, from the Kesha Shemta, from the Magadvar of Liakiv, v'chuli v'chuli. The Balatanya had a different mahalach. So very often, in order to appreciate, you have to understand that these are sugis. They're very serious sugis, like sugis and nigla. Just like a person comes to a Shia Gemara, there's no vertel. It's a, it's, a, it's a sugya. It's a sugya. So sometimes you're waiting to hear, like, you know, just like what's called... Uh, the one-liner. Huh? The one-liner one soundbite. It's a different process. So I encourage you, since it may be new for a lot of people, that uh, if, you, uh, if you tune into it, and you let it sink in within you, after a while you'll see the difference. But for this, you have to be open. You have to be very open, which always requires a certain form of humility. just wanted to say that. Whenever there is an arousal from below called Isarusa de Lasata, Isairus Malmata, then Jewish people are called tzian, meaning you become a marker. You become somebody that's a conduit. When I look at you, I could see that you're a container, you're a conduit for a higher energy that flows through you. Just like the Torah and the mitzvahs down here are really a tzian for the Torah and the mitzvahs up there, which means Torah and mitzvahs is really divine energy that's expressed through our Torah and mitzvahs. Avul begolus nekras bas the time of exile, the Jewish people are not called Tzion, they're called Bas Tzion. Throughout Tanakh, when you see Bas Tzion, it's a daughter of Tzion. Generally, a Bas is a daughter, so she's a child of parents. So it represents a Mechabal and a feminine Mechabal. Mechabal represents a recipient. So in the time of Golos, it's Mechabal Mechines Tzion. What's Pshat Mechabal from Mechines Tzion? Sometimes it's hard for me to create an arousal. Isarusad al-Asata means the inspiration begins from me, then I wouldn't be called a bas. Then I would be called the father who creates it. A bas means I'm a recipient, I need the inspiration from above. I need you to create something for me. I can't just rely on myself. Whenever there's Isarusad al-Asata, you're called seer. When you need somebody to inspire you, you're called Bastian. It's brought in Zoya. The Peladik Gemara Mesech de Brachas says, Isha ki Sazria v'yolda Zachar. Zog de Gemara. Isha Mazras t'chila yeladis Zachar. Isha Mazria t'chila yeladis Nekeva. When the woman... How do you touch Isha Mazras t'chila, Dr. Michelle? Biologically? When the woman germ, I'm sure everybody that's very clear for everybody. When the ger- woman germinates first, gives seed first, uh, the birth is a male. When the man, when the man generates the flow first, the orgasmic flow first, 
the child is female, the cave. Now, how we understand this biologically and what this means practically, that's a sugeb of neatzma. Like every maimah chazal, it always begins spiritually. So the Zoyar says, Ish mazriyat chila means Ish is Hashem, Ish is the Jewish people. Ish mazriyat chila, when a man and a woman have a relationship, the question is who inspires whom? Does the Ish inspire the Isha or does the Ish inspire the Ish? Pashtun Gashmias. Who excites whom? In Ruchnis, it's the same thing. That's why it's in Gashmis that way. Ishmazriyat Chila means God begins the initiation. God invites you into the relationship. What this means practically is you're sitting on your couch, or you're walking in the street, or you wake up one night, and you have a Pesach Hergish, you have a Pesach feeling, uh, something in you comes in. That's Ishmazriyat Chila. God says, I would like to be close with you. Now, what happens? You let us the cave. The Hainuk She'enis Sarus, the Lusatish Azayibchinis Bas. So the birth is on the cave, and the cave is Basiyah. Why? It didn't come from you. You were a recipient. You're somewhat passive in the relationship. You were a recipient of the gift. You're a Makabal. You're called a Bas. Mashainkin. When you have Tsiyah, not Basiyah, so we have the Pasuk in Tehillim. When the Isha, the woman, the Jew, creates the orgasmic inspiration first, you let the Zohar. Then the birth is a Zohar, who's Pchinas Chasadim, he's a Mashpia. He gives, that's his role, to give. So when the Jewish people are in a state of Tzion, Ish Ish Yulad Ba. What's going to be born is an Ish, in other words, somebody who creates things, somebody who gives, because you're not Bas Tzion Yitzion. Tahainu. What does this mean? When you start with your avoid of rinana, in other words, it's all about your own inspiration. Because you have first the avoid of boyolophon of rinana. What's the avoid of boyolophon of rinana? You steer darkness in the face, and instead of succumbing to it, you create a song out of it. That's what Renana is. You stare at darkness, and instead of succumbing to the abyss, you create music out of your darkness. In other words, you use it as a catalyst and a springboard to leap, to jump. That's what Renana is. So here the inspiration starts from yourself, because you're in a state of darkness. You're in a void. So you could be passive, but you don't do that. You're Boyulafon of Renana. And be, but Renana is always in the darkness. In other words, it's starting from you, because you're in the Pchin of Tziah. And then you have the state of tziyon, not bas tziyon. This is ishvi ishulad. Why, well, why would you have the the, 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 the hergish? You say that that's the Hashem's ish over here, and when you have the darkness, it's not Hashem. It's all the same. No, you mean filah b'hasturah, shabatoy chasturah, shabatoy chasturah. The darkness and the light is the same. Yeah, the same you're right from the ultimate truth, but from a person's experience. When a person has darkness, all they're dealing with is concealment from their experience. And the person has to find within themselves the tools and the resources to be able to grow from it. Where in another situation of Ishmazriyat Chila, you're actually given a cotton candy, you're given a flow of inspiration, you're given a flow of light. You're right in Amitis Ha'inyan, the darkness and the light of Beshava, but in the human experience, here you have to start the process. Because you don't have a revealed source of inspiration. We all know in our lives, there's moments that you have downers. There's moments your mamas feel like, you know, 
nothing doing, nothing happening, and you have to create the music within yourself. And fakert, from there you can create powerful music because you're overcoming distance. And then there's moments when you're, <laughs> an arm is stretched out to you and you almost feel that, that you're being uplifted by something beyond you, by something transcending you. This is why the Chazal instituted Psukid de Zimra. Before, before, really, Minatari, just have to say Krishna. There's no uh, need for a long uh, davening that we have with Brachas and Karbonas and Hoydu and Psukid de Zimra. You go straight to Krishna. But they wanted that before it, the person should be able to do Psukid de Zimra. Psukid de Zimra is really music. Zimra is like Renana. Zimra means like Shir, Shvacha, Halal. Zmiris. Zmiris means music, singing. They wanted there should be the music because Psukha de Zimra is the time to overcome the gulf. You see, when a person wakes up in the morning, a person starts that way, I don't know of God. There's no relationship here. A person comes into a world, it's a new day. The singing of Psukha de Zimra is the work to cross the bridge, to cross the gulf. That's why we start Psukha de Zimra with this passage, Boyu Lefanov. You come to him. You're going to be by him by Krishna, by Shemana Esra. But how do you come? You come through Psukha de Zimra. That's what Psukha de Zimra is. Why are we talking about Malachim? The whole first bracha of Krishna, we're busy with Malachim. Who's talking about Malachim? You want to say Krishna? Say Krishna. The whole first bracha is about Malachim from beginning to end. You start off, a whole thing about the Malachim, and the Iker is Baraj Godel Misnasim Lomasasraf. What is this? Davening always starts off with night, not with day. It starts off with Milmata Lamaila. Mata Lamaila means you're in a state of Mata and you're going up. To go out of the sheath of the body and the garments of the animal soul, which often trap the person's light. A person cannot identify the angel that exists within them. So Psukha de Zimra is basically you're chiseling away. As he says elsewhere, that Zimra comes from the word, in Hilche Shabbos you have, Hazoimer. What's Zoimer? You know what Zoimer is? Weeding out, weeding out the weeds. Psukim the Zimra, the Psukim. When you weed out the trap that traps the angel, I, I think I told you once there was a great sculpture. They asked him how he made the sculptures, how he invented these images. So he said, I didn't invent anything, I didn't sculpture out anything. I saw the angel trapped in the marble, and I chiseled away on the marble, and I set the angel free. So be able to, the, to be able to remove the weed out, all of the, all of the concealments, that's Psukhidism. If you don't start with Rina, there can't be the second stage, which is Simcha. You remain a recipient from the arousal of above. What does it mean you remain a recipient? How do you receive anything? So he says, Never think that doesn't exist by you. Because of the energy of the infinite one comes into every mitzvah that you do. Famous Pasuk in Yeshaya, God says, I do it for me. 
Lamani, Lamani es. Don't think that when you don't have the Yonana, your mitzvahs don't have ain't sof. Every mitzvah, every Torah has in it ain't sof. The difference is, Elisha'ina kin b'bchinas chitsoinis, mashen kin boyu lefanov, liyisnichlo b'bchinas pnimiyis, enoi ela birinana. That's the difference. When you don't have the rinana, you still have the ain't sof in Torah and mitzvahs. Because God comes into every mitzvah. So you're a basiyah, you get everything. The question is if you get it in a pnimi is the way or in a chitsoni is the way. Boyu lefanov, here he touches lefanov from the word pnimi If you want to experience in an internalized way, you first need a renana. Because then the mitzvah is answering your question. The Torah is answering your question. Without it, you still have it. A Jew does a mitzvah without any kavanas, without his boyninus, without meditation, without preparation. He doesn't even know what it is. The Gemara says you can force a Jew to eat matzah, and he is right to the mitzvah of matzah. And that mitzvah has an ain't saif. That mitzvah is a connection with Hashem. But sometimes that's lamani, lamani esa. I do it for me. What says I do it for me? Lamani, lamani esa. says about Golos, he says, even if you're not worthy of Geula, I'm still going to redeem you. Not for your sake, for my sake. So he's touching it here in Avoida. Sometimes God says, I know you're not worthy. I'm going to do it for my sake, because you're part of me. Lamani, Lamani, Esa means, even if you don't want to connect to me, I still want to connect to you. So therefore, I come into the Torah Mitzvah. I'm there. Whenever you'll open up to it, you'll see I'm there. Lamani, Lamani, Esa. I'll do it for me, because I'm part of you. We're connected. So I'm going to come into the Torah Mitzvah. But you're in the beginning of Bastia. You start off with this, which is then there's the then you can experience much more the Ein Soiv that comes into the Torah Mitzvahs. Okay, page 16 lines from the bottom. The line starts, Ella Birinana. So the distinction was made in summation between Tzion and Bas Tzion. The Zimla Hashem Lo'elam Alakayach Tzion Lador Vader Halalukah versus Bas represents when the person himself or herself arouses within themselves the inspiration and the motivation to enter into a serious relationship with Hashem, Avodah Hashem, and then the person becomes a Tziyan, the person becomes a Tziyan, which means a marker, a simon, a conduit, for the Ein Saif that flows through them, just like Torah and Mitzvahs that we have are called a Tzion, for the Ein Saif that is communicated and within the Torah and Mitzvahs. In fact, there's a famous expression in Zoya that Reb Shimon Bar-Yechai said about himself, Ana Simona Ba'alma, meaning, I am merely a simon, a marker, a simon, a sign. Ana Simona Ba'alma, was he minimizing himself, or was he uh, was he was he uh, boasting about himself, or was he being humble about himself? Neither. He was saying the truth about himself. Sometimes he's not doing either. He's saying the truth. The truth is, I'm a simon. What kind of a simon? 
Simon means, what's a simon? A simon means when you see the simon, it identifies something else. You say like in Lava Metziah, by Shabbos right? something has a simon. So this is a marker that identifies the relationship between this object and the owner. When you look at me, what you see is the Ein Saif. What you see is Hashem. His very identity was a conduit for the divine energy that flows in everything. And there was no obstruction, there was nothing blocking, blocking the energy. So Bemela, that's when the Jew is in a state of Tzir. Then you have the state of Bas which is generally a state of spiritual or physical Golos. When you're only a Bas, meaning you have to receive the inspiration. And it's the difference between Ish, Mazriya, Tchila. You led us in the cave. Isha Mazras Tchili led us Zacher. If the arousal begins with the feminine or the masculine, which spiritually means, if it begins with the male, here is Hashem, or the female, which means the Jewish people. Ish Mazriya Tchili led us in the cave because you're more passive. Isha Mazras Tchili. Ulitziyonye Amar. Ish. The Ish Yulad Ba. He creates the, the relationship, he inspires, he triggers the relationship, and therefore, this is the state of Tzir. And this is the idea of, when it starts off with Rinana, in other words, a person takes his own void and darkness and turns it into music. They use it as a catalyst, as a springboard for deep growth. That's Boyul Lafon of Birnana which is the whole concept, he said, of Pesukah de Zimra, which is called music, singing. It's all about music, which leads up to the Berchus Krishna, which deals with the Malachim, which is again music, which will ultimately lead to the moment of Simcha, which is Krishna, which is then Krishna and Shmona Esra, where it's already the opposite direction, not Malmata Lamaila, but Malmaila Lamata, that is the avoid of you starting with Renan and then reaching Simcha, starting with the Isha, who triggers the arousal from the Ish, the Sarusul Asata that precedes the Sarusul Ela, you're in a state of Tzir. When you don't have the Rina, then you won't have the Gilu HaSimcha, the person remains on the Keva, meaning remains recipient, a feminine recipient. Why? It's not like they don't receive anything. Lamani, Lamani, Essi, he said, in every mitzvah, in every Torah, you have the whole Ein Soif. The question is, how cognizant can you be of it? How conscious can you be of it? Every mitzvah a Jew does has within it the whole Ein Soif. God himself is there, and he's there in his full intimacy, and he's there in his full essence. And that's why he said before, Mashpili liris b'shamayim b'aretz, Gashmias is not lower than Ruchmias, he'll come down into the Gashmias. But because there was no avoid of Boyal Lafon of Bernon, there was no work, there was no sweat, there were no tears involved in the Hishtoikikos, the Rinona, the Zimra, the yearning, the Nixaf of a Gamkol Sanafshi, which describes the avoid of the Malachim, therefore it can't have a revealed impact on him. He can't experience it. As I said, you can't experience the answer if you never had the question. It doesn't, it doesn't have that meaning, it doesn't have that, that feeling, it doesn't have that impact. But even though the person may not be a Kali for it, it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Sometimes things come into us and they're there. One day we'll be able to open ourselves up to it. Some days we can't open ourselves up to it, but it's still there. But this would only be external. The boyul of fun for it to be pnimius is only if there is renana. 
So that's the process of Tzion versus Basian, and that's why Yimloi Hashem La the process of Hashem's Malucha being revealed in space, and Ladorva Dor in time, time and space being the two properties that define our existence. Everything in our world is defined by time and space in one way or another. Nobody can extricate themselves from the confinements of time and space. To be able to reveal the Malucha of Hashem in time and space. You need the tziyon, which is the structure of Torah and mitzvahs, which become the key of transition between infinite energy and finite energy, which is what every mitzvah and every union of Torah is. Now he goes to the next step, and here it comes all back to the beginning of the Pasuk, in Rani v'simchi bas Because here we have a big contradiction against the whole Maimah. Bas is a daughter of tziyon. And how does the Pasuk begin? In Tzchariah, Rani V'simchi basin. You just said, Rani v'simchi is the void of tzir. Starts off with a serious belasata. Ulatzir yamer ish v'ish yuladba. It starts off with the arousal from below, which is renana. You're bringing yourself in, and then you have the simcha. And here you're telling me, basin is Rani v'simchi. Rani v'simchi basin. Kihini niba. So here he introduces a whole next step. Vizel, we go right to Vizel. Shabbat Hanavi, you see again, page 74. The line starts Ella Birinana. It's around fifteen lines from the bottom, the right column. When you read the Pasik Rani Vesimchi Batsim, which is the after of Shabbos Hanukkah, the Prophet is coming to offer solace, to offer comfort to the Jewish people, even in the time of Golas. Scharia was prophesizing about the time of Golas. So he says, Rani Vesimchi Basin, this is on a Khama. Rani v'simchi basiyan is not just a prediction. It's not just a promise and it's not just a pledge. It's actually profound words of comfort that the Navi is offering to Klal Yisrael in a time of Golos. Shenikre basiyan v'loisiyan. Even though they are then defined as basiyan, not siyan. Because what does Golos mean? The definition of Golos spiritually means you're alienated from yourself. You're in exile. When somebody is in exile, they're not in their own freedom. They're not in their own space. Spiritually and emotionally, what that would mean is that the person doesn't have the tools and the resources to inspire themselves because they're stuck. They're in a state of exile. They're in a state of alienation. So the only thing they can get is they don't have the ability to sing themselves out of their situation or to sing in tribute to the depth of their situation, to the opportunity of their situation. So therefore, they're in a state of basiyin, lemani, lemani es. I'll do it for me, even though you're completely not ready for it. Because I'm, re- I'm connected with you, even though you're not connected with me consciously. So he says, even though they're in a state of basiyin, afal pikein rani v'simch. Nonetheless, it could be rani, which is singing, and simchi, which is joy, rejoicing. Vahainu... And the next, the, the pasuk continues, because I am arriving, I am coming, and I will dwell among you. Thus speaks God. And this is the opening of the after of Shabbos Hanukkah, which the Malatanya asked. There seems no connection whatsoever with Hanukkah. The connection begins in the next chapter when he speaks about a menorah that he saw, a golden menorah, and a whole description of it. This is a previous peirik which doesn't seem connected at all. So he went into the whole discussion of Ivduas Hashem Besimcha Boilufon of Bernona Simcha in the morning, Renon at night, the void of Malochim, the void of Neshamas, Mulmata Lamaila, Mulmaila Lamata, Malchus versus Ein Saif, 
Baruch Shem, Vahafta, Noichi Misha, Noichi, Tzion, and Bas Tzion. So now he comes back and he says, the Navi says, even though it says Bas Tzion, there's still Rani Vesimchi. Ah, you just contradicted yourself. You said before that without Isarusa de Lasata, without the arousal from below, you can't have the Simcha and Avodah Hashem, because Simcha comes from Gilui. Simcha comes from revelation, from expression. And for this, you need avoid it to turn you into a vessel that you could contain the gilu. If you're not a vessel, you can't contain the gilu. On this, he answers, Kihini ni bo. And he says, Kihine yashi sarusa de la'ela, shehi la'ela la'ela. So now you come to a third step. There's a sarusa de la'ela, we learned, there's a sarusa de la'ela that comes from above, and you're a recipient. Naturally, you're not ready for it. Somebody gives you a gift, but you're not open for it. You're not ready. You didn't work for it. Work here doesn't just mean you didn't work so you, you, the paycheck is, is free lunch. Work here, you see, generally in Gashmias, the paycheck is not connected to the work. Because you worked for a week, you're getting a paycheck. In Ruchmias, the paycheck is the work. The paycheck is the revelation of the work. It op- the work opens yourself up to a reality that you receive as a result of that. It's not two separate things. Isarusa de la'ela comes from the Isarusa de la'ela. You set the stage to be able to experience things because you open yourself up to it. So you have Isarusa de la'ela without Isarusa de la'ela, which means Isarus from above, without any precipitation and participation. Works both ways. From below, which is Ish Mazriat Chila, the husband, so to speak, creates the whole arousal, the whole inspiration, and you let us nakeva, you remain passive, you remain basi. You have a second step, which is much deeper. The Sarusa de la Atzata brings forth the Sarusa de la Ela, which is Isha Mazras Tchilo Yelad Zochem. The Isha, the Jew, Knesset Yisrael, germinates first, creates the Zera, creates the relationship, creates the inspiration, and that brings forth the Simcha after the Renama. Now he says, "This is Sarusa de la Ela, she la Ela la Ela, which is la Ela la Ela, meaning." It's a space we Sarusa de Lasata will not touch. It will not trigger, will not affect it. You have an Isarusa de Laela, again, it's Aramaic, the word Zerusa is an Aramaic expression from Zoya. Isarusa means Isoirus, Laela means Milmaila. Isarusa de Laela means arousal from above. Isarusa de Lasata means arousal, inspiration, Isoirus. Isarus means like Isoiri Lachadoidi, wake up. Arouse yourself, wake up, ignite yourself. It's inspiring yourself, either from above or from below. In life, there are two stages. Usually, usually, in order to get inspiration, you need a sarusa de lasata. You have to find it within yourself. You have to dig, and digging is a process because when you dig, you're going to find rubble, dirt, debris, rocks, mud. Maybe if you dig long enough and hard enough, like Yitzchak, you'll find a be'er mayim chayim. And then it'll get stuffed up again. And you have to start digging again, and then you have to start fighting over the water. Which is really the depth of the story of Yitzchak, as uh, Balatani explains in Torah, and told us about that story. So that would be Sarusa de la Sati. Sarusa de la Ela means that there are moments in life when you're given a spark. When you get a flow, it's like a gift. You get a flow of inspiration, an arousal, a, a consciousness, an awareness, an experience, an encounter that happens in your life and it's not something you expected, and it's not something you prepared for. And both 
create different modalities in Avodah Hashem. The difference, of course, is Arusa de Leila doesn't last because it comes from above. It's Arusa de Lasata is is your creation, so it's much deeper. It's more entrenched. That's all the Sarusa de Leila that comes from the Sarusa de Lasata. But now there's a Sarusa de Leila Shehi Leila 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 means it's so above Leila Leila. It's not just Leila. It's Leila Leila, like we say Leila Ulaela min kol berchasa v'shiras. A whole year in Kaddish, she say Leila min kol berchasa v'shiras. So tush berchasa v'nechemazda miram ba'alma v'miru amen. All the praises that you say about God, it's really Leila. It's beyond that. I could say you're this and you're that and you're that. And here we in Kaddish we say Leila min kol berchasa v'shiras. So why do you have to say Leila Ulaela? Suddenly it comes Yom Kippur, Yamim Neirayim, there are those who say it only by Neila. Suddenly, Leila Ulaela. What's the difference if Leila is serious? So, what's Leila Ulaela? Leila is already Leila. Unless you didn't mean it, right? You didn't mean it. If you meant it, Leila means beyond what I could say. No, Leila Ulaela. What's Leila? In other words, it's even higher than being Leila. Why is it higher than being Leila? So he says it's Makam Sha'ini Sarusa de Lasata Magaz Sham It's a place that Isarusa de Lasata cannot touch, cannot effect. This is a la'ela ulaela. La'ela means it's beyond yourself, but as a result of your avoida, you open yourself up to the gift. La'ela la'ela means that what you do or what you don't do does not touch that reality. Does not... Generally speaking, this relates to the Madrega, to the reality that we call referring, of course, to the words that are often used in these Maimarim, the distinction that already begins in Zohar, between Mamala Kalaman and Saiv of Kalaman. Mamala Kalaman is the divine energy that fills all of the worlds. In other words, it permeates, it penetrates... It's internalized within every creature, within every being, within every existence in an internalized fashion. Just like the soul and the body, every organ, every limb gets a unique energy from the neshama. The eye has a unique chemistry to be able to contain the power of vision. And the ear has a unique chemistry to be able to contain the power of, of, of hearing and so forth. Movement, motion, digestion, brain power. The brain is formed in a way... Its tissue, its, 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 its makeup is one, that it's a keli for a certain type of oir and chiyos. So mamalik is the way the Rebbeinu Shalom fills every frog and every salamandra and every insect and every flower and every nivra, doimim tzameh chayim according to its individual quality. And then you have soiv of kalaman, which literally means he surrounds the worlds or he encompasses the worlds which basically relates to an energy that transcends the individual property of the world. It does not, it's not custom-made to the finite chemistry and properties of every nivra, and therefore the relationship between the created being and the divine energy of Saif of Kalalman is not one that is reciprocal. Because even if a person opens himself up in the deepest way, he won't be able to touch Saif of Kalalman. Because Saiv of Kalalman is not an energy that's suited to his grasp, to his imagination. So Mamala Kalalman. So the Leila Leila is the Saiv of Kalalman. And from there you can have a flow. 
and a revelation of the infinite energy, even in a state of bas. So when we said that the only way you could feel Ur Hashem in your nefesh is if you began with Boyu Lufan of Birnana, you began with Yisarus Adulasata, you refined yourself, you worked it out in yourself to come close to Hashem till you became a keli, a vessel, for the light of Hashem that dwells in you through Torah mitzvahs, that is certainly true when you're dealing with, generally speaking, when you're dealing with Memalik Alman. In other words where you're opening yourself up to the energy, allows you to experience the energy. And you could open yourself up to it. You could remove your blockages. You could deal with your void. You could sing yourself out of your darkness. And that renona allows you to experience the simcha. Because this is a type of oir that could be revealed when there is a vessel that is a keli for it, because you are a keli for it. It's just the keli could be stuffed. The keli could be plugged. When you're dealing with the oil that comes from a place that so then, in a paradoxical way, this oil doesn't need you to be a keli. You know why? Because the high, even the highest keli is still not a keli for this. Even the highest keli is not a keli for this. So in a paradoxical way, being a keli doesn't make you closer to this type of oil. Why? Because it's an oil that's not suitable to Kalim. It's completely ain't soif. That's what soif of Kalaman means. So even though the Kali, you made yourself a Kali, you made yourself a Kali for what? You can make yourself a Kali, a seven ounce cup could take seven ounces of water. Cleaning out a seven ounce cup won't make it more susceptible for Niagara Falls than a Kali that's stuffed. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If a keli that's stuffed, it's plugged up, it's full of dirt and, and pebbles and earth, you're not going to get anything inside. If it's covered over, it's, gonna, it's plugged up. You open it up. So what do you do? You can fill it up with a cup of coffee. When it comes to the Niagara Falls, I'm sorry to say, you'll clean out your cup beautifully. You'll make sure that you'll put it, you'll put it by the falls. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? Because it's not something, it's not a type of, it's not a type of hashpa. You ever try putting a cup on the Niagara Falls? <laughs> Not the best idea. Not the best idea. Why? It's not a type of hashpa that's modud, that's measured, that's commensurate with the keli. So being a keli for it doesn't actually make you closer to it. And therefore, here is the healing part of it. And therefore, not being a keli doesn't deprive you from it. Not being a keli doesn't make you any further from it which means that there's a state of wholesomeness, of well-being, of a relationship with God, in Saiv of Kalalman, that your situation today, consciously, is loy maila v'loymoyrit. And just like it's loy maila, it's therefore loymoyrit. Because opening yourself to up to it doesn't make you closer to it. Because it's not something that the you will grasp. It's something that's beyond the you. So therefore, when the you is not present... It won't grasp it any less. So this is the gift of the Voshalom. I'm going right. to bypass your Kaili basic. I'm right. going straight to your Pneumius. Yeah. In other words, when we say a gift, the gift is always here. In other words, in the, in the relationship with Saif of Kalalman, that relationship on that level, the Kaili is Loi Maila and Loi Mailet. That's the Pchin of Saif versus Mamale. What in Mamale? You can't say that. In Mamale, Befetish not. In Mamale, it's all about the Kaili. If somebody closes their eyes, they're not going to be able to see. And if somebody doesn't clean up their body, they won't be able to feel their energy. If somebody eats, uh, if somebody eats horrible, horrible food, 
They're going to block off their natural, amazing energy. Why? Because they're plugging up. They're plugging up their system. You're just plugging up your system physically, in terms of morally, emotionally, spiritually. So don't underestimate the mimer till now. In other words, generally in life, you have to open yourself up to it, to what to yourself to what's available to you. Here he's introducing a special nechama that comes in Golos. That mitzad le'ela ule. That's why it's le'ela ule. Le'ela means it's beyond you. You can't just grasp it. It's a process. It's a rusadulasatu will bring us a rusadulayla. But it's a le'ela that you can talk about. It's the next stage. I do this and I get this. Like the Gemara says, Yagaita umatsasa. A mitziah is always something that you don't work for. Right? Mitziah is, the Gemara says, But through your yagiyah, you're going to get even that which is beyond your yagiyah. That's Yagaita umatsasa. Here it's a different khina. If you're saying that, parenthetically, that in Golis we're Basion, that's the Mida, but he gives us really potentially new Havana and Al Naras Babel. Very beautiful. Beautiful. You hear what he's saying? So you have here a situation where even when you're dealing with a matzav of Basia and he says Ronivasimchi, because it's Laela Ulaela. What's Laela Ulaela? That it's beyond being la'ela. La'ela, la'ela means don't call it la'ela. It doesn't have to be la'ela. La'ela means it's high. Something that's above, you have to, you have to be a keli for it. You can't just be dirty. Something that's la'ela, ula'ela, you could be dirty. You know why? Because being clean is not making you any close. I'll express it in Yiddish the way one of the, one of the. One of the Reb Fagan. He was a big teacher of the Balatanya's Maimarim. He was killed in the war, so his Talmidim say over when he was when he would speak about this to explain the Balatanya's Vartir, he would say, "Listen, it's a, it's a Yiddish expression that I'll translate." He says, "Dorten vu edelkeit is akeli is grabkeit astida." Vu edelkeit is nishken keli, is grabkeit nishken stira. Where refinement makes you a vessel, coarseness destroys you as a vessel. But where refinement does not turn you into a vessel, coarseness does not obstruct the vessel. The fact that the person is not open does not deprive him from the energy because being open doesn't make him closer to the energy. Because you're dealing here with an energy of ein soif mamish that I anyway can't wrap my brain around. So even if I work and I work it out, to give an example, can you climb to the top of the Himalayas to Mount Everest? Not everybody. But some people, you train and you're fit and you're skilled and you get the proper gear and you're motivated. You can climb 20,000 feet. What is it? 32,000 feet. Maybe Sakonis Nefoshes. But some people can do it. So some people will climb a hundred yards. Yeah, some people climb up one staircase and they're out of breath, right? And some people could climb, you know, could jump the ten, ten staircase and not out of breath, the chuli. And some people could climb Mount Everest. So, the more energy you have, the healthier you are. The more you train, the more you work out, whatever it is, you're capable of all that. 
But now is another question. What about going to the moon? What about going to the moon? We don't even have to go to the moon. What about flying uh, 30,000 feet above? Here, the one who's on the top of the mountain, yeah, cannot, you don't say, oh, if you work out more, you'll be able to get to the moon. Here you need a spaceship. It's not something that with your kaychus you can do it. Bemela, because of that, even somebody who's obese <laughs> can also get into the plane, can also get into the spaceship and be taken there. Because you're being taken there. Now, the marshal is not mamash like the nimshal, because in the marshal it's acts. A plane is coming and lifting you up. Here we're talking about states of self. We're not talking here about an act, a gesture. It's a state of self. In other words, mitzah, the state of Isarusa de la'ela, la'ela, what he says, there is l'chatchila, no contradiction. The person is always in a wholesome state of a very deep relationship, even without cognizance. And that relationship is always available because nothing can destroy it. Because it's not something that the person can ultimately define. Why is that so important? Because this is the place, the only place that abuse cannot take away. If you would have control over it in terms of by opening yourself up to it, you have it more. And by not opening yourself up to it, you have it less. It means that it could be manipulated. It could be manipulated by yourself and it could be manipulated by others. The power of this is nobody can ever manipulate it because no one has access to it. Because it's not something that you get. It's not you get it. It gets you. You don't have it. It has you. It always remains there in a state which is completely immune to any type of damage, any type of tarnishing. Even even very severe damage, emotional damage that a person has. And you would think, you look at a certain person, they look at themselves, they say, I'm destroyed. There's nothing left to me. Why? Because whenever I think about myself, all I feel is hellish bleakness. There's nothing else to me. Which is a very deep form of trauma or deep form of negative self-image. And in other words, any way in which I grasp myself and I become self-aware, there's always only darkness. The point here the Alter Rebbe is making is, for this you have to go out of self-awareness. If you're going to talk about self-awareness, you're right. Here it's not about self-awareness. And your awareness will not, make, will not sensitize you more to it. And therefore your lack of awareness or your bleak self-awareness will not take that away from you. It will always be there. And because it's always there, you can trust it. There's nothing you can do. There's no mistake in the world that you can make that will undermine it. If you want to connect this to the Bible we learned before Rosh Hashanah, Shir HaMalas Mimamakim Krosich HaShem, where he touched Afal Pishachata Yisrael Hu, not that even though you're a chayta, you're a Jew. Even though chata in the place of Yisrael, there was no chayt. And he says all the psukim about kares, and all the mamar chazal about kares, you get cut off from Hashem, is only about Yaakov, never about Yisrael. Yisrael, he says, is yachid, echad, miyuchad, and he connects it to save of Kalam and Mamale. And this is one of the big Yisaitis of Teres of Hashem, and generally, in general, that there is a relationship that's never, ever, ever damaged, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. And there's nothing that the person could say, oh, if you knew about my life, you would know that it's damaged. <laughs> I'm the exception. But generally by Jews, whoever you meet, I'm, I'm worse than everybody else. This is the humility of Jews. Everybody else not. But me, if you would know what I did, forget about it. That's not the case. And, that, and this really requires, in a way, when you call yourself damaged, it's a form of arrogance. 
when people call themselves damaged, it's a form of arrogance. Why? Because they think they have all control over their soul. He says, you don't have all control. God also has a part in your soul. Don't be so arrogant to think that you're so damaged. God is also part of your life. And don't turn him into damaged. You want to call yourself damaged, Mela, but what about the chelik elekami ma? Why are you calling that damaged? A little respect. A little respect. So sometimes when we put ourselves down, it sounds very humble. It's really a form of arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. In Golos, you need to access it. Very good question. In Go- it's always there, but in Golos, you need to access it. When you have Tzia, you don't have to go there. Right? Listen. You have to access what? You have to access this. Yeah, Soiver. He said before you can't access it. No, you have to talk about it. You have to address it. You have to tune into it. Tune in. You're right. Not access, but tune into it. Let it access you. <laughs> Let it access you. The word from Rebchayim Tzanza, the Helech Adiv Rebchayim, he once said, after Tishrei, he was talking about Tishrei, so they asked him, what did we accomplish in Tishrei? It doesn't feel like we accomplished anything. You know, you do a whole Tishrei and this, you finish the Chastayra, okay, another Tishrei bites the dust, Mereshe Sashan Adach Rishon, So he said, Azayi, that there was once a man who got lost in the desert. He got lost, you know, all the Jewish stories, you go to a desert and you get lost. Today we don't get lost in the desert, today we get lost in the iPhone. But uh, you get lost, and he can't find his way out, and he's searching and searching again. Three days he's lost. Suddenly he sees a man with a lantern. So he goes over to him, and he says, Ah, thank God, tell me how to get out of this crazy place. The guy says, How long are you lost? Just three days. He says, I'm lost for three months. I can't, uh, I can't tell you how to go. So he says, Could you help me in any way? He says, One way I can help you. I can tell you where not to go. I took already so many wrong paths. I can tell you where not to go. I can tell you where not to go. So this is one half of the story. So he said sometimes people give advice in life. They have a lot of advice, but all they can tell you is where not to go. Nobody can tell you where to go, really. People can tell you where not to go. Then he said, so the man asked him, so why do you have a lantern? Was it help a lantern? You don't even know where to, You don't even have a derech. If you have a derech, you need light. You don't even know where to go. You just stay in one place. So he says the reason I lit a lantern is... Because I don't know the way out. But by way of lighting a lantern, I hope somebody else will see me and schlep me out of here. The Rechaim said, all we tried to do was light a lantern. That's what we did. He says, first of all, so the other person looked at him and said, let's hold hands and search for a new way together, and hopefully somebody will be able to find us. So it's really a metaphor for life. Sometimes you have to light a lantern, not for you to be able to access it, for somebody else to be able, for this, for this to be able to access you. So, you're right, in Golos you need it. When you, when, when, when the, listen, there's no mitzvah for a person to become an alcoholic, to go into recovery, to take it seriously, to break down, and then to heal, and to become a great person. But nobody says you should sin and become a baltruva, and then you'll become greater than a tzaddik. That's not a derech But if something is broken, and then you fix it, it's much deeper than something that was never broken. So you're right. In Golos, Golos accesses this p'china, because in Golos, you, you, have, you need this p'china. You need this in You need this p'china. This p'china, le'elo, le'elo, is what's going to be present in a manifested way in the future. It's not that the world is going to heal in the future. 
it's that in the future we're going to find out that it was never broken. It's not that you're going to heal. It's that you're going to find out that you were never broken. You're going to find out that in this space you never sinned. You never made a mistake. You were never unwholesome. On the contrary, the reason you made mistakes, the reason you sinned is because you didn't know about this place in yourself. You thought you were so broken and therefore you had to do what you had to do to compensate for your brokenness. When you realize how wholesome you are, then you don't have to do all these things. So you suddenly realize that all your mistakes came because you didn't know who you were. So how do you heal from these mistakes? Not by saying, I'm not going to make the mistakes again. You never made these mistakes. You just didn't know who you were. The you never really made it. That's going to be the Gili La'asid Lava. It's a different type of healing. The Pesach says by Mashiach in Yeshaya Yeralef, right? Chapter 11 of Yeshaya. We have to of Achrin Shal Pesach. It says as a Hine Yaskil Avdi, my servant will be wise. Yarum, Venisa, Vegavoya, Maoid. Venochal of Ruach Hashem, it says, Vehirichoi, Beiris Hashem. What are all these terms about Mashiach? Yarum, Venisa, Vegavoya, Maoid. So he teaches that he's going to tune into the Sarusa, the Laelul, Yarum, Venisa, Vegavoya, Maoid. Is the Sarusa Laelo Laela, which is beyond that which can be destroyed through a person's density or a person's coarseness. Venochal of Ruach Hashem Vehirichoi, which Reach always represents the Ur Makif, as we learned by Yitzchak Kanesa. Vizel, this is a deeper Pshat, Ulitsiyen Ye Omar Ish Vish Yulad Bapirush, Sheyakol Bibchinis Ish, Afilibchinis Bas. Why did it say ish twice? So he says as follows: Ish yivolid ba, ish yulad ba is yolad a zacher. So usually when you have ish mazras tchila, you have yolad a zacher. When you have ish mazriat tchila, it's yolad a snekeva. Here the chiddush is that it's going to be let's see in your ish v'ish yulad ba. In other words, there's two types of ish. There's the ish that comes from ish mazras tchila. And then there's the ish that comes from even when you're in a state of baz, it's ish mazriat chil, it's still going to be an ish. Why? Because you'll have the sarusa, the la'ela, ula'ela. Ula'tziyayin ye'omar, then la'asid lovay, ish ve'ish yulad ba, even in the baz tziyayin, there will be that profound experience of ein soif, because the keli, the lack of the keli is not an obstruction to it. V'hainu mipnei, the Pasuk continues, Ulatsiyin yamer ish v'ish yulad ba v'hu yechoyinenei ha'elyon. Mipnei ki hu yechoyinenei ha'elyon sh'amochen yeoyin elyon ma'id na'ila. The yechoyinenei, the establishment of tzin is going to come from elyon. Elyon means an oyer elyon which is le'ela ula'ela. That's why the Pasuk says, Rani v'simchi ba'asiyin v'zeu. Ki hini ni ba v'shachanti b'soichich, hini ni ani ba'atzmi kivayachal. Oyerein soif baruchu mamsh. Rani v'simchi ba'asiyin, how can there be Rani Vesimchi? The answer is, Kihinini Ba. I am coming here. Who's I? Me, myself. Because it's me, myself. So therefore, even the Basian can experience the full revelation of the Ein Saif, even though you're only a Basian. You're in Golos. You're in a state of concealment. You're not inspired. There's no Isarusadulasata. You could still experience Rani Vesimchi. I, we said, you can't have Simchi if there's no Rani. And Rani has to come from your own ascent. And in the time of Golos, a person completely feels alienated. So here is the point. Sometimes in a situation, you're not interested. You're not even interested in the fact. You're not, you're, you're not inspired. You're not even interested in being interested. You understand, right? Sometimes you're not interested, but you're interested in being interested. 
Sometimes you're not even interested in that. You're not interested, Bechlal. You're not inspired. You're not even searching to search. You're not even bothered by the fact that you're not bothered. Sometimes you're not bothered, but that bothers you. Sometimes you're not bothered by the fact that you're not bothered. You're not even not bothered by the fact that you're not bothered by the fact that you're not bothered. And you could do it another few times. You really don't care. You just don't care. You're completely shut down. That's a state of gullus. You're shut down to yourself. You're not experiencing yourself. You're shut down. So what's shayach irani? What's shayach simchi? Wake up. Wake up, work on yourself, and for this you need blood, sweat, and tears. You have to work very hard. So he says, you should always know that this is only your perspective of yourself. But you should understand that the Navi is saying, you should know in every matzav, there's a p'chin of kihinini ba, v'shachanti b'soychich in um Hashem, that my deepest intimate self is always there, and there's nothing you can do to block it out, because it's not something that you could control, because even if you would be open to it, you wouldn't be open to it. This defines you, you don't define it, and that means your well-being is always available to you. There's no such a matzav that your well-being is not available to you. It's always there, and not just well-being, but a deepest relationship with your, with your wellness, with yourself. If this is the case, now the question is, could Chazal start off the after of Shabbos Hanukkah with any posik? but Yoni v'simchi basir? So he says, v'zehu, this is the pshat, the Gemara says in Shabbos Chafalaf that you have to light Hanukkah candles by the entrance of the house outside. What's Mibachutz? As we'll see in a moment. Rashi says Mibachutz means in the courtyard. The, the houses were open to Chutzers, to courtyards, which would be like outside lobby, so to speak, the courtyards. And that's where you lit the menorah. Taisvis says no, a Pesach basically Mibachutz means. Outside of the courtyard, by the Shusarabim, going into the public domain, not only the courtyard we, that you share with your neighbors, but Mamish Shusarabim, the public domain, unless your house is by the Shusarabim, you put it by the door of your house. What's the connection? He says, This is the connection. We say in Halal, open up the doors of justice for me. Pischuli Shari Tzedek, Avoy Vam Oideka. He says, Azan. A Pesach, an opening, means a way to enter. In Halal we say, open up for me the entrance, the door of Sharei Tzedek. Sharei Tzedek is the portals that will bring me to Tzedek. What's Tzedek? We go back to the beginning now. Tzedek is Malchus. It's the song, the Hishtoikikos, the craving that's created during Psukka de Zimra when you think about the gulf. That's Sharei Tzedek. Open up that door for me. But that's if you're in the door or you want to come into the door. The person who says, I don't want to come in. <laughs> Here's the door. I'm not interested. That's Pshadal Pesach Beisim Bechutz. Sometimes, yeah, you have a person, right? They want to come in. They don't know how. So you say, Pischuli Shari Tzedek, open up the door, show me a way. That's what Pesukah de Zimra is. Let me sing, let me sing my voice. I don't know the way out, but I could sing about it. I could yearn, and yearning is powerful. I'm not, so I'm not interested in the door. I don't want to come in. I'm outside. I don't want to come in. I'm not singing, I'm not musical, I don't have a spilus halev, I'm not emoting. 
לוי מפני זה יהיה עובד חס ושלום גילוי ארנצי בורך לא נפשי. Listen, our master speaks. Not because of this are we going to say that the infinite energy has been lost on his soul. Just because he refuses to even look at the entrance of the door. They will masakin to light a fire with oil and light where on the door, by the door, outside the door, not inside the door. So that even outside of the door, meaning even the person who's not ready to come into the Shari Tzedek of its He should know that in every mitzvah that he does, and every shtikl Torah that he learns, he accesses the infinite light of Hashem, as he said before, Lamani, Lamani Esa, Hadlokos Ner basically represents that the fire can be lit, even in the soul and the heart and the psyche of the person outside. Hashem says, take the oil, take the flame, and don't, don't keep it inside. Go al Pesach Beisim Ebechutz. So you see somebody who's completely detached, completely alienated. He himself tells you, I'm alienated. And you say, you see? He himself is not interested, right? He Chazal say, go and take the candle, take the candle, take the fire, and light it up outside. That's where the Oyrein Seif is going to come out. Chotzer is still a semi Rishus Hayochid. Chazal turned it into a Rishus Harabim with Eruvi Chatzeris. Here we're saying Mamish Rishus Harabim. Rishus Harabim means a public domain, place of clippers, meaning you have all types of elements in Rishus Harabim. It's not just, you know, 7 uh, 11. 7 11 in Monsi. It's a real Rishus Harabim. To transform the darkness of the light. And that's why right after Roni Vesimchi Batsi, and the next Pasik says, Many nations will come and accompany God. In other words, as a result of Roni Vesimchi Batsi, and even the Rishusha Rabbim, represented by Goyim Rabbim, are attracted and could be ignited and inspired. This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.